Well, hi, welcome. This is week eight of our Songs of Ascent, where we are talking about Psalm 127. And today I'm joined by my friend, Jesse Dominguez. Hi, Jesse. Hey, how you doing? A lot of people may not know you. Do you, do you can you give just a brief overview of who you are? Um, my name is Jesse Dominguez. Um, I reside right here in Santa Maria, California. Um, I'm a floor installer. I've been coming to Element for about six years now. Well, and we'll get into your family and stuff in a little bit. You know, we're talking about work and, and, and the message goes in a few different directions. And, and as Aaron says, a lot of people will focus on parenting, um, which is hard work, <laughs> as yes. I'm finding out as a new dad. Yes. Um, and and so, but but I, you you came to mind and and maybe we get we talk about work. Maybe we talk about parenting. Mm -hmm. I really would just love to. You, if, if you're open to share your story, um, share your story, your testimony of how you came to faith in Christ, um, and then how you got connected to Element. Um, well, I got connected to Element. Um, you know, me and the family, we were going through hard times. We actually started Element about six years ago. Six years ago, then we stopped. We had stopped coming. We stopped oh, I didn't coming know that. To church. Uh, through the times that we stopped coming to church, um, we, we, you know, we came came across a lot of bad times. Uh, my son passed away, mm -hmm. and that that kept us from from even you know wanting to come back to church more. Until um, you know we were going through hard times, and me and my wife we just talked about it, and we said you know what I I told her I think it's time to go back to church, and that's when we um, the first day we came we came back and they asked us. They said, you know, at the end of the service, they say if you need prayers, to go back and get prayers. And Eddie and Kathy, they were there for, they were there to pray for us. And did you know them at that point? I did not know them. Okay, that was the first time meeting them. And um, Eddie, Eddie asked why, you know, why I wasn't coming to church. And I told him, you know, I was kind of angry at God for mm -hmm. uh, losing my son and all that. And he said, oh, you could be as angry as you want towards God. He could handle it. He's a big guy. You know, he he could handle it. He's like, you're the one that needs him. You know, you need him in your life. And, um, you know, Eddie said prayers for us. Um, Kathy assured us that, you know, Alabin would be be here for us. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, you guys have been here for us as a church. You know, um, we've prayed and we've came to church so much. I mean, I'm talking a flip over from 180 to the next. So what caused the 180? Like, what what is it? So. So submitting to Jesus, submitting to, to that He is who He says He was, mm -hmm. um, did is that something? Is that change something you did, or was that His working in you? I believe it was His working in in me mm -hmm. and in my wife. Um, just um, it just made us. It, it made you know. It just makes it more easier for us to live to live. You know, walking walking with Christ. It makes it more easier to wake up in the morning. It makes mm. it, you know just to to get up to go to work. Um, when we we're when we weren't coming to church and uh, we didn't have Christ in our life, you know, um, it seemed like the world was against us, and and you know we kept on fighting through all the hard times, and um, um, Jesus just you know. Walking with Jesus just makes it easier on us. What do you think you were searching for during those times? You said you were fighting. What were you fighting against, or what were you searching for? Um, I was I was fighting because of uh, because of the passing of my son, mm -hmm. and um, I was just rejecting you know rejecting coming to church you know, you know lose losing. I I think I went through the same thing with my father. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to go to church. You know, I was mad at God. Know, for taking him away from me just the same the same thing with my son you know i was mad at god just did not want to have anything to do with god because i think a lot of people have seen you and your family and probably yeah. you know didn't know you lost a son and yeah. 
And uh, and I don't know if you want to speak about any of that or share any of that story. You don't have to. Yes, my son Jacob. He he was um, he was living with my mom. Um, he had just graduated from high school. Uh, he had a UPS job, and he got mixed up with the bad people. Mm-hmm. He got mixed up with the bad people, and um, he ended up getting he ended up getting murdered. Mm. Yes, and um, and it's going on four years. Four years now, and um, we're still fighting trial. We're still going through the courts. Oh, okay. Yes, my family's my family's doing majority of the court because everything's held down south. It's something that you no one ever gets over. You don't get over it. You might learn how to learn how to deal deal with it better, but you're never gonna get over it. Yeah. yeah. You had mentioned. <clears throat> Blaming God because he took your son. Mm-hmm. Do you do you still have that viewpoint? Do you still think he took him away, and do you still blame him, or how is how is that? No, I do not blame God for taking mm-hmm. my son. He, um, you, I can't, you know, I can't hold that. I can't hold that on God. Um, you know, I wish he would have gave me more time with my son. Just as I wish he would give me more time with my father. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Jesse. Um, yes. It's cool that you can worship God with that, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that God's sovereign, but he is still good. So it's, it's been cool to watch just kind of as an outside God working you and in your family and your kids yeah. do seem happy. And like you said, they're they're happy to be here, but they do seem grounded. Yes. And, and they're not, you know, losing a sibling, losing a child mm-hmm. could be devastation, could yes. be devastating yes. and, and could tear families, do tear families mm-hmm. apart. Um, and you guys seem to have bonded closer um, more recently, probably than or in the yes. earlier days. Yes. Um, because of the, because of God. No, like Eddie had told me, you know, God, you could be as, as mad as, as he wanted to God, but you know, you, sooner or later you're going to have to walk, you're going to have to come and walk with God. When when I when we first came back, I, we were actually uh, staying. You know, we we didn't even have a house. We were in the whole house. Eddie actually got us hooked up into an RV, mm-hmm. and um, and then um, Eddie got us connections through to to rent a house, and that brings on to to our reading this week, um, one twenty seven. It says, you know, I built I built what I got from my hard work and all that, but it's not without Jesus, it's not without God that I did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it without him. You know, why he was with me every step of the way and he I believe that he's the one that helped me prosper and he's the one that, that helps me um build the the house that I'm able to have for my kids. Does the gospel and what who Christ was has it affected your work? There's been times when me and Jessica have sat down on the table at the table and said, "All right, what bills have? Tell what bills have to be paid. Mm-hmm. Where are we at?" And she's like, "Um, okay, well, we need this much and this much." And I'm like, "Man, we're going to be short or whatever." And at the end of the conversation, us get off the table, I'll get a phone call like, "Hey, could you come and do this job for me?" And I'm like, "I look at my wife and I <laughs> like, and, you know, sometimes that bring almost tears to your eyes, yeah. like." How God works, and just just to throw work at you like that, and all it's always when I need it. it you know, um, um, we really don't worry about about you know when the when the bills have to get paid and all that. Because I I know that I always have work coming. Mm-hmm. I always have work coming either way. Just being a follower of Jesus of Jesus has made our life a lot you know a lot better. 
Yeah. And how has it changed your guys, your, your relationship with your wife, parenting? Try teaching. We try our hardest to teach our, our kids, you know, um, that Jesus, Jesus is there. Jesus loves us. Um, and to be Jesus-like. Well, Jesse, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, and we'll be back next week with a different story. Okay. What are so, we talking about? Work. Work. <laughs> so here's an interesting thing. After you know watching your conversation with, with Jesse and stuff, I'm thinking about how often we think of work and we compartmentalize everything in our life. Like, here's work, here's my family, here's my friendships, here's this. And what the cool thing is about the scriptures and all this is that it decompartmentalizes. Mm-hmm. How how does a psalm go from work, work, Lord building the house, Lord watching the city to the kids. New, to kids. It's like, oh, because it naturally flows. And that's what the Bible tries to teach us, that these things aren't compartmentalized. They are meant to all go together. It is just our life, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool thing. And it's. I think it takes a really long time to even get that because we still don't get that. We still have all the ideas of each little piece of our life that's separate. You know, even resting is compartmentalized. It's like, oh, yeah. did you find rest on your, your trip recently? It's, it's hard to rest when you're doing one thing to another and you're in a seven hours off in your time zone to then being three hours off in your time zone. Yes and no. I think Marianne and I had a, had a really good time just being alone in, when we were in Iceland, which was, mm-hmm. which was pretty nice. Uh, we walked up and down to this jewelry shop that she really wanted to see mm-hmm. like 20 times because it was closed <laughs> and it's Iceland, so I'll go to work when I want to and you know, whatever. And when she finally got there, the one pair of earrings she was talking to the lady about, they were gone. Aww. But yet, we walked up and down this street probably half a mile, 20 times together. We became <laughs> so, locals at that point. <laughs> yeah, we, we were. We got to make fun of people. What about this guy over here? And what about this? So, I mean, it, it was relaxing in the sense that my mind got off of a lot of stuff. I think you came back ready to work, though. You've been antsy all week. You dove in. Uh, well, no. I wake up early. I go to bed early, too. But, I mean, I'm here early every day right now, and I'm just, like, going. Uh-huh. And, I, and I've been thinking this week, I need to slow down so I don't burn myself out. We, had a, we were talking about fun jobs. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. That's my share of crappy jobs. We were talking about work, and I was reflecting on, okay, graduated college early, height of the recession. Oh. Grieving that. Transition in itself. Like, all my friends still got to, you know evade the real world for a little bit <laughs> and then here john and iron iron were engaged we're trying to figure out our life and we're like oh my gosh where do we work you know john was interviewing everywhere which is so different than our culture right now after covid because it's where i work nowhere right. i don't have to <laughs> and but there is a huge difference of what it does in our heart and lives to work versus not work. i think when we don't work we're not doing what we're created to do mm-hmm. and we become more depressed mm-hmm. and I think that's why there is a lot of the angst and some of the depression right now in our culture because there's a lot of people not working and thinking oh this is great but it's not because people are slowly delving deeper into depression because we're not living as we're created yeah or we buy into the lie that like the work has to be on my terms right and right. I remember so I was working at this job you know not ideal learned many valuable things there but it was a horrible culture like cold calling and like 40 phone calls a day oh. you know just it was that was just one aspect yeah, like a of telemarketer. it yeah it's like kind of and I remember being at this party actually and then I had a friend be like well is that life-giving and it you know that's like the most millennial thing <laughs> you could ask right in regard to work in 2011 or whatever and 
it's funny. I, I get where she was coming from with that, but it's like at the end of the day, Jesus is the giver of life. Like mm-hmm. if you expect a job to give you life, mm-hmm. man, you are going to be sorely disappointed. Well, again, that's why they pay you to do the job because you do jobs you don't like. Right. And that's why you do money. <laughs> but but that's why when I talk about in the message a bit too that God has given us things we enjoy doing that doesn't mean that how we make our income every day has to be that thing because those things can be things we volunteer to do right and so there, there are outlets for it that we have these places to volunteer and all of our outlet just isn't in our place of work is this a call for volunteers <laughs> you can volunteer. <laughs> even you can find your worth <laughs> we want you <laughs> and if it's watching little kids that's awesome <laughs> I don't know, it's interesting for your takes collectively, just on vocational ministry. Well, ministry's a hard, so we're we're all right now in jobs of ministry. Yeah. And it's hard striking that balance of of it's it's draining. I mean it's not it's not life giving half the time. <laughs> well, it, part of it is that you're never off. Mm-hmm. You're you're home and something comes up and you have to deal with it. You've you've gotta get it done. And so you sit down. I mean, it can be nine o'clock at night. And right now with the time shift, you know, Marianne are like, it's got to be like two in the morning because we're so tired. (laughs) And something will come up and it's like, oh, I've got to take care of this right now. And it's sometimes those things can wait. But and that's one of the reasons I don't sleep with my phone in my bedroom. It stays in the kitchen on the charger. But if something comes up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I should deal with that. I mean, it's late at night and you're dealing with it because you don't. There's not really an off button. But I appreciate your point that God, Christ is the giver of life. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're not, even in ministry, if we're not actively gospeling ourselves and each other, vocational ministries are hard when there's life and sin and stuff that we deal with all the time. And it's I, disheartening. I, I like what Jesse said, though, about when he, when he gets to a place and where's the next thing going to come from? And he says, God's always faithful. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's always there. It's, it may not be exactly how he thinks it's going to happen, but... God's faithful and, and he shows up and and it it's one of those things I think for him in his life it's it's helped him to see who Christ is as God provides over and over and over. And that should help crush the barriers of the compartmentalization. That yeah. if God is good in proving that he's faithful with work yeah. and providing for our needs, it should cross over to the rest of our life. Yeah. Right. And parenting a kid who doesn't seem to be going the way that we want their life to be going. Right. Um, God's still in control. He's and still good. If God's been faithful here, he'll be faithful there. Just just take it and understand this is this is going to be okay. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. I think there's there's so often we try to manipulate everything to the end that we think we want and maybe something goes away that we don't want for a really long time because God intends to bring something around completely differently where we can't see what he's doing but he does he's like just get your hands off it Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to pry your hands off this thing to make it do what I want it to do but I'll pry your hands off it if I have to (laughs) and he eventually will bring around what he needs so often we we just cling and hold so tightly to certain things that we refuse to let him be the God that he is Mm-hmm. And he's going to be the God that he is anyway. <laughs> no right. What we do. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of work, we better get back to it. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>